0: InesTech and Engenharia Radio present InesTech Science Bits, a monthly signature dedicated to decode science and technology trends. InesTech Science Bits, decoding science
1: bit
0: by bit. Welcome to another episode of Science Bits, a podcast promoted by Tech in partnership with Engenharia Radio. This episode will make you feel special and unique in an increasingly connected and global world. Today's guests have their own ID, and if we had a biometric system, we could easily identify them by the way they sound. But I will make it easier for you. Filipe Asqueira and João Pinto are researchers at INESC Center for Telecommunications and Multimedia. And they are here today to discuss biometrics Welcome. Good morning. How are you? Hi,
1: good.
0: Are you ready for an advised conversation?
1: Sure.
0: Filipa, <laughs> being able to unlock a mobile phone through facial recognition is something quite common nowadays, but biometrics goes way beyond that. So, I will begin by asking you, what is biometrics and where can we find evidence of its existence?
1: So, uh, biometrics is a, a way to authenticate a person based on anatomical or behavioural characteristics which are unique between different persons. Biometric is based on what someone is, instead of relying on what someone owns, like a key or a card, or on what someone knows, like a PIN or a password. So, these two last types of authentication, uh, commonly referred as token-based, have the obvious problem uh, that an object can be stolen or lost uh, and information can be forgotten or maliciously assessed. Uh, Whereas the biometric traits uh, are intrinsic to the person, always present, we carry them with us, and not easily modifiable in principle. It should be noted that not every characteristic will serve to be used for biometric recognition, even though the set is nowadays much broader than the classical ones face, iris, fingerprint, signature, with several new emerging traits appearing. But to have a well-performing biometric system, an ideal biometric trait should be Universal, each person must possess it. Unique, no two persons should share it. Uh, collectible, it should be readily presentable to a sensor and easily quantifiable. And permanent, it should neither change nor be alterable. But this last one is a bit more controversial than others. In the early days, it was believed that IRIS and fingerprint were lifetime permanent, and nowadays there is a heated discussion strongly questioning this, at least for the long-term permanence. Despite this fact, fingerprint, for example, was the first trait to be used in a systematic way in authentication systems and remains a favorite to this day due to many advantages one of which is performance. InesgTec collaborated with the Portuguese National Mint in the vCard project and developed a national algorithm for biometric identification through fingerprints that was incorporated in the current uh, Portuguese National Citizen Cards. This was a very successful project in the biometrics area that InesgTec accomplished.
0: Yes, a great project. Um, a project that marked in Tech and even the country. As you have mentioned, biometrics recognition is a significant problem solving, and this project is one example of that uh, in terms of security and convenience. But it's also true that it raises privacy concerns, isn't it? I mean, for instance, How can the biometric system understand if the person accessing the mobile phone is the actual owner?
1: Mm, This is a very relevant question and an open challenge in the field of biometrics. Uh, Despite uh, the fact that the development of recognition recognition systems is a a, a huge investment and are deployed in many applications uh, that span from our handheld devices to high-security facilities control, it is a fact that the security aspects and the countermeasures against the the attacks on the vulnerable points of these high-performing systems were for a long time uh, overlooked. Uh, The first and immediate vulnerability is the acquisition sensor, and this is targeted by the so-called spoofing attacks. We all heard the news about the the hackers fooling the fingerprint system of the Samsung Galaxy S10, for example, or the iris recognition system of Samsung S8, or maybe even the cases that were detected in border control. These were less mediatic, but in my view, uh, much more worrying on the large-scale world safety level. Uh, What failed here was exactly the application of anti-spoofing techniques that should have been incorporated in these recognition systems. Uh, It was not due to lack of research in the field, which is vast and prolific in results. Um, So why is this still an open challenge? Uh, Well, because we develop measures to detect attacks made with photos and then attackers will use videos uh, we develop techniques to de- detect mass videos and then they will use uh, uh, rubber masks or silicon masks and once we develop sensors that can detect a certain kind of material for a mask uh, i am sure that new types of masks will appear so this is a, a always evolving uh, battle.
0: João, we have been talking with Philippe about basic anatomical traits, as she said, face, fingerprint, iris, uh, signature also. Um, is it possible to recognize people through other elements?
2: Yes, uh, certainly. Uh, uh, face, fingerprint, iris are the most common biometric traits. But we are not limited to those, Uh, we can use anything that is sufficiently unique uh, between people and that verifies the seven biometric attributes and so we also have a lot of uh, biometric traits that are physiological in nature for example the the electrocardiogram, which is my favorite trait, the heart signals uh, or the photoplethysmogram, which uses light to measure the blood flow at the wrist normally Uh, And it's also very common in uh, smart watches, for example. Uh, And we also can use behavioral traits like the signature, as you mentioned, or voice, or speech, or or also the way you walk, which is called gait. It all depends on the application settings and what kind of measurements can be taken from the users in that context, while ensuring the comfort and usability. Uh, And one great example of this is the automotive project we have, uh, in which we acquire signals, uh, ECG signals from uh, drivers at the steering wheel, almost unnoticeably, uh, and also face video that is captured uh, unconstrainedly uh, from the subject uh, at the wheel. And with these traits acquired continuously, uh, we are able to have almost uh, continuous acquisitions uh, while the users keep on driving naturally as they would do uh, in a normal situation without uh, all the tech around them. Uh, And and really this is the next objective of, of Biometrics, being able in this case to recognize the drivers and recognize the drowsiness of the drivers. Uh, while they aren't even aware that it is happening and they keep on doing everything naturally as they would in their daily lives and thus achieve perfect integration into common objects or daily situations so that the users are not disturbed by the biometric recognition process
0: let me challenge you João and let's adapt this example to another context For example, the evaluation of candidates in a job interview by using a biometric system. How can we be sure that these systems are fair? I mean, how do you know that they will not discriminate candidates based on gender, skin color, or even on how they feel at that time?
2: Well, that is a hard question. Uh, We know that everything in science can somehow be used for good or bad and as scientists we shouldn't stop ourselves from doing science just because uh, we are afraid of the consequences Uh, because someone else will will do it if we don't do it. Uh, We just need to be, um, as they say, technology is value-neutral Uh, and so um, we should just research and and try to avoid the bad when possible but um, always advance science for the sake of science Uh, but that part of 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 bad things uh, is even more evident when we talk about soft biometrics which is the recognition of certain things that uh, are not sufficiently unique between people to recognize them specifically but they are enough to recognize certain groups of people or certain states of people Uh, like gender recognition or uh, emotion recognition, those are some of the soft biometric topics Uh, and these topics are full of subjectivity and very prone to bias because uh, there is a lot of variability inside those groups And there is a lot of subjective labels that depend on the people that is annotating the data. Uh, And one great example of that is the beauty AI context, contests, um, where people from all over the world sent pictures to be evaluated by robots, as they say in the, in the website, which is in fact, uh, machine learning algorithms. Uh, And there were submissions from all over the world. But if you look at the leaderboards, in the five categories for each sex, uh, there, was, there was one single black person and a few Asian people uh, when it tried to uh, rank them by beauty. Uh, and all of this led the organizers to cancel the third version of the competition and reconsider the whole idea behind this. Uh, perhaps the algorithms are using beauty characteristics that are very specific for white people right and this is the problem with soft biometrics and the subjectivity associated with the labels Uh, and this is just one more reason to use interpretability in biometrics to understand what is going on inside the algorithm Uh, and this is a research topic that our group has promoted a lot lately
0: filipa considering the examples that you mentioned can the biometric system be biased and identify people more easily than others? Uh,
1: even though I, I'm not a, a, an expert on bias and fairness of AI, uh, I am in fact quite curious and interested in these new, new problems. Uh, my views on this, uh, based on my recent readings about the topic, are that um, the, the real problems in the current Uh, algorithms that are deployed in uh, real, real real-world systems um, that denote uh, bias behavior are much more related to the bias in the data than actually in the methods or the models per se. So, what I mean is that the the data that the models learn from uh, are biased, for example, they have fewer cases of face images of dark-colored skinned people or Asians. Um, or for iris, uh, uh, this is also a problem because Africans tend to have very dark uh, irises. Um, so the, if the model learns from biased data uh, or if the model is tested Uh, So, a sample is is being tested uh, by being compared against a biased database, this will for sure lead to a biased result. Usually, uh, higher false positives, which were the very uh, known cases uh, recently that led to uh, wrong arrests and things like that, and always those those very very negative cases they come to the news uh, immediately so i believe and i have confidence in the robustness of the machine learning methods they have been developed improved and put to test for decades uh, i believe in that in them too much so that I will fall into the trap of questioning the algorithms and support, for example, the bans of facial recognition systems without proper discussion with the research community, uh, as they were made, for example, in the US. Um, They they didn't consult with the people that that, that know about the... the, um, the scientific basis of the problem. It was more a political decision. Um, I think that, of course, there are uh, some fragilities, uh, some problems in in this, of course. And uh, there was a quick growth uh, to large-scale deployment of these systems. Uh, There was a transition to using deep-learn methods that work in a black-box manner. Uh, so I believe that some subtleties passed and detected. Um, what we need now is deeper research uh, to detect these problems uh, and better de- data. In my in my opinion,
0: Jean, do you agree with Filipa? Uh, and can one consider the algorithm as racist?
2: Uh, well, I agree partly. Uh, I think it, it has become increasingly common to find catchy media headlines like face recognition is racist uh, which I believe are simply wrong and misleading I mean there, there is the problem of uh, imbalance in data having more white people than black people in our database and that will clearly lead to, to a bias but that is something that we can act upon uh, but then there is the 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 different behavior of biometric algorithms according to the, the identity groups, according to similar people, uh, which which is not something we can really avoid. Like a, a face biometric system is something that uses appearance characteristics like skin color or eye shape or nose shape or hair color to distinguish between two or more people Uh, and of course to these systems two individuals of the same race are more similar than two individuals of different races and of course just like any other algorithm the system will behave similarly for similar inputs in or people in this case and differently for inputs that are more different Uh, and that is why certain errors are more common for certain skin colors and genders and ethnicities but there are errors for every group that you can define Uh, just like Philippe said, uh, false positive errors uh, are more common for people of color uh, which which result in false matches uh, matching a person with an identity that is not hers or his um, and, but for white people, there is the reverse problem, which is the person not being matched with, with his identity, with his true identity. And uh, both cases will result in uh, constraints and awkward situations even. Um, uh, so it is not correct to assume that biometrics is bad and there is a concerted effort to harm certain groups of people uh that would be just like saying that a finance algorithm to give a loan is bad because it discriminates people based on income right Uh, race ethnicity and skin color play a huge role in face biometrics just like income when predicting whether or not a person will be able to pay back the loan Uh, and these are essential aspects that everyone not only algorithms use to distinguish people If you try to describe the differences between two faces without using concepts like race, ethnicity, skin color, gender, eye color or any other thing that you can use to discriminate, you will notice that it would be impossible to have an effective biometric algorithm without considering them. It's just a natural and wouldn't work at all.
0: CTM's involvement in this area has increased and this became clear a few months ago, thanks to the organization of the 8th edition of the International Workshop on Biometrics and Forensics. Philippa, as the responsible for organizing this event, tell us, how did it go?
1: Well, I am a bit uh, biased, <laughs> but I, I would... Uh... Dare I asked did to not
0: be biased, Philippe? But...
1: Well, I, I, I am allowed on this topic, I think. Uh, we always defend our, our interests um, when it doesn't arm, harm anyone. So, uh, I, I would dare to say that it went really well, uh, given the circumstances. So we uh, we are proud to say that IWBF e-connected through the Zoom platform a bit over 30 researchers. So from Porto to 15 different places spread all over Europe, India, USA and Hong Kong. We co-organized it with uh, our colleagues of the Norwegian Biometrics Lab of the NTNU University in Norway and the European Association of Biometrics. And this conference was also co-sponsored by the IEEE Biometrics Council and the International Association of Pattern Recognition. So IWBF had uh, 27 accepted papers. Um, We had an amazing program uh, share committee uh, and the conference proceedings will will are already available uh, via IEEE Explore. Uh, it uh, it comprises many many uh, interesting sessions, um, but I I will highlight I think uh, two two main main aspects. Uh, it, the, those were the the keynote talks um, when we had. Professor Peter Eisert, that were talking about explainable AI for face morphing attack detection, and the other was Professor Professor Zeno Gerhards on forensic aspects and uh, the analysis of deep fake videos. So these two key keynote talks they were addressing very hot topics in the in the field today. And they they really uh, raised a a lot of interest from the participants and ourselves, Um, of course. Uh, The the last point to highlight is the fact that the Best Paper Award stayed at home. Uh, So, João, uh, Jaime Cardoso and Miguel Correa from the the Faculty of Engineering, they they brought it with uh, the paper Secure Triple triple Clossed for End-to-End Deep Biometrics. And it's uh, always, uh, I think, a a motive of of pride for Inés.
0: So congratulations, João, and of course, uh, (laughs) to Filipe for the organization of this huge event. Filipa, um, as the scientific community recognized the potential of biometrics in overcoming some social and privacy issues. Well,
1: I would say for sure, uh, the dimension of research uh, on this area uh, devoted to biometrics uh, denotes that that uh, awareness. Um, biometrics research saw a great push forward. Resulting from the cooperation between uh, the scientific community and industry, because this is a a field that is uh, very prone to uh, uh, applications, and it has a a, a huge potential for commercial um, deployment. J- just for for. Uh, closing, uh, I think the, the peak will, will be and it will be complete uh, when uh, there is also a close bond with uh, uh, the entities that make the regulations uh, on, on the privacy issues too and when uh, all these these entities work together. Great. Uh, Jean just
0: to conclude, um, what's next? <laughs> I know that the full potential of biometrics is yet to come. So what's the next step?
2: Well, I I believe that uh, the biometrics community today is still too focused on a few major biometric traits like face or fingerprint or iris, like we said before. Uh, And I think this is not good. Just like entrepreneurs say, never put all your eggs in one basket. And Every trait has its advantage and some situations call for specific traits. Biometrics has a huge potential to make our lives easier, to make our computers recognize us and respond to our moods, to make our cars safer. And if we want to bring biometrics to improve every aspect of our lives, we shouldn't just stick to what already works we should venture into exotic traits in unexpected and challenging scenarios. And that is why I think there is still a lot of gold to be found in exotic traits like the ECG and in soft biometrics like emotion recognition.
0: Thank you, Philippa and Jean. thank you for your participation. Biometry literally means measurement of life. And as you made clear in this episode, It is one of the key enablers for the world's digital transformation, a more convenient and safer world, I hope so. As to our listeners, I hope the biometric system was able to detect happy facial expressions and undivided attention. There will be no science bits in August. but. We will return in September with two more participants in an insightful conversation about science and technology. Happy Holidays! in and Engenharia Radio present InesTech Science Bit, a monthly signature dedicated to decode science and technology trends.
2: InesTech Science Bits, decoding science bit by bit.